Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's Don V Fridays. Before I even start the episode, I have to sincerely, sincerely apologize to my audience. Listen, me at RVA who I have y'all know him. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Have recorded uh, a podcast last week and for some odd reason you can only hear my voice and not his like it's almost like his audio didn't pick up or whatever that's 100% my fault it's 100% on me I want to formally apologize I already spoke to RVA who in private but I like to publicly apologize that's on me I found out what the problem was. That's on me. It's on me to have the equipment, uh, everything in working order, and every all the apps and recording and the headsets and everything got to be one hundred percent on me. Uh, I take the lump for that. If you want to go on Twitter and call me a dumb fuck or whatever you want to call me, I can't say shit. I just gotta take it. I gotta eat it. Uh. It, it takes it, it, a man has to when a man does wrong when a man does bad he don't point the fingers he don't blame he don't finger point he stands out in front and he says i fucked up so that's what i'm saying i fucked up it's on me uh we're gonna talk we got several things to talk about we got uh last week's uva game which resulted in virginia tech loss the streak got broken what else happened? All ACC team got released. Uh, Virginia Tech's defensive coordinator search. Bold projections. We got a lot to talk about. Y'all know me, though. I'm going to try to get y'all the fuck up out of here in like 30 minutes. I ain't, You know me. I don't talk long. I don't do long podcasts. But we got to show love to my bookie. Y'all know how this thing goes. As a true football fan, you already know, just as sure as the seasons change, Tom Brady going to keep the Patriots in every game. Every weekend, our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test. So why aren't you doing the same? We are almost at the NFL playoffs, people. Just like that. It seemed like just yesterday, it was the preseason. Now we already at the playoffs, playoff seedings. You know, everything's starting to shape up in both conferences in the NFL. So it's time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with my bookie. My bookie is the premier place to bet all your favorite pro and college action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with my bookie. Do not be like Josh Shaw, an NFL player, walking into a casino to bet on NFL games. Do not do stupid shit like that. Bet from your house, especially if football is your occupation. If you're the kind of gal, girl who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. Not a three-team parlay like Josh Shaw. <laughs> it's 
boy crazy, man. Pick your locks for the week. Put them together in one parlay bet. And when they all come through, the rewards will be huge. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? My bookie wants to get your mind off everything and get back on the game. Get your mind off everything else and get back on the game. Best part is, if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in a thousand, it will give you one thousand. That's double your initial deposit. You can use on all your favorite picks. Use the promo code Chair C H A I R to activate the offer. That's promo code Chair to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Salute to Josh, y'all. I know you a dumb fuck. I mean no harm, but uh, that was stupid, my boy. If you if you're a professional athlete, you know goddamn well you cannot bet on the sport that you actually play. So you should at least have been smart enough to go on mybookie.ag, use the promo code chair, and maybe you wouldn't be in some of the trouble that you're in right now, my boy. You saw what happened to Pete Rose, my dude. You know, even if you ain't see it, everybody know what happened to Pete Rose. Come on, man. It's better ways, my boy. It's better ways. But let's move on. Or let's get let's get the podcast started, man. Streak is over, people. UVA beat Virginia Tech. And what was a good game, uh, I got no I, I I cannot talk too bad about UVA. They went out there and they shut they shut the fans up. We kept saying that they gotta prove it. That we was tired of hearing UVA fans. We was tired of hearing UVA players. We was tired of hearing the coaches. We got tired of seeing all the goofy-ass social media posts. Them breaking rocks and looking at signs painted on their uh, hallways. And everything was beat tech, beat tech. I mean, they was obsessed. And it got goofy after a while. But they finally broke through. They finally beat us. Bryce Perkins played the probably... The best game of his career, as as far as in a big game. Undoubtedly, it was the best big game of his career. And he killed us. He killed us early with the big runs. Uh, It seemed like we hadn't practiced for a mobile quarterback all week, which was crazy to me. He killed us with some big runs early. And down the stretch, he made some big throws late. And I was saying in the live stream, and I think I might have put out a couple tweets, that if you're going to play, if you're going to take away Bryce Perkins running and he sits in the pocket and he just delivers some throws late, you got to just live with it. That's not, that's nothing really Bud Foster can do. He did his, uh, he took away the biggest threat and said, beat us throwing and God damn it, Bryce Perkins did. I can't uh I can't put too much on Bud Foster's plate. I mean, maybe for the early stuff, because it seemed like it seemed like we just weren't prepared early. But once we took that away, the run the running and, and uh stuff like that, Bryce Perkins still made plays. So I could sit up here and say, oh, Bud Foster washed and all that, but the truth is we lost to probably the greatest quarterback in UVA history. Now, when you think about it, when it, when it's all said and done, UVA, the University of Virginia, won the Coastal Division. 
UVA coming from the Mike London years and the Al Grow years where they was just embarrassing. They was a joke, you know, the, they was the, the laughing stock of the ACC. We got all these wine jokes, all these khaki pants jokes, uh, all these, you know, every time, every rivalry week we post that video of the mascot falling off the horse. Like, we got jokes for days, just all ha, 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 just joking, just laughing and joking at UVA. Bronco Mendenhall and Bryce Perkins won the Coastal Division. Now, is they going to do shit in Charlotte when they play Clemson? No. They're going to get embarrassed. They're going to get their ass kicked. But uh, Bryce Perkins, if he's not the best UVA quarterback ever, he's definitely going to be on their Mount Rushmore quarterbacks, man. Uh, He, as much as Bronco helped, you know, shift their culture, uh, Bryce Perkins was a, a big part of that too. I got I cannot tell a lie. Bryce Perkins definitely played his part in uh the University of Virginia becoming, you know, a football program after not being one for so long. It'll be interesting to see what they do going forward because honestly, and I'll get into this, I'll get back into Hokies and all that, but um the thing that's funny to me is it, let's say we would have beat UVA and went to the uh, ACC championship game, got our ass kicked by Clemson. You know, thanks for coming out. Get your ass kicked. I will still be not as high on the season as UVA fans are high on their season. Um, this is the greatest times ever for them. They, you know, they're they on a magical roller coaster ride. Whereas Virginia Tech fans probably would have spent the entire week arguing like, yeah, man, such and such, we still not good. Or we, you know, that's just how we are. Like, we we crave, you know, winning the Coastal ain't just good enough for us. I mean, for some in this fan base, that's everything. Win the Coastal beat UVA. That's like their two goals, you know. But for a lot of Hokie fans, nah, fam. Like, we we want to see us get tested against the best. And beat the best. So just winning the Coastal and all that shit ain't, you know. So it would have been different. It would have been a different vibe. The UVA fans are completely happy. And I'm talking about across the board. I ain't talking about your song. They are completely happy with getting a ass, you know, winning the Coastal, beating us, and getting a ass cracked against Clemson on Saturday. They happy. They, oh, shit. So, but I got to get it. I got to give them their props, man. They, they they played a hell of a game and they beat us. Uh, Hendon Hooker and I'm I'm a, back to back to the game though. I could sit up here and talk about play calling. Um, I think most Hokie fans, 80 percent of Hokie fans, want Brian Cornelson gone. I'm of the belief that you could you could fire Brad Cornelson. You could uh bring in a new OC, Fuente Carter plays himself. At the end of the day, the offense is the offense. Yes, um, some short yardage play calling does make me want to pull my hair out. Yes, some red zone play calling make me want to pull my hair out. But at the end of the day, people say this offense has six plays in it. Okay, so if you bring if you fire Brad. If you foul Coach Cornelson and you bring in a new OC, he's going to call from the same six plays. 
Now, obviously, Fuente's playbook is bigger than six plays, but it seems like, it feels like, especially when he's been playing hooker and when he's been playing QP, that the offense only got six plays in it. And there was a specific play in the game where we was like, it was late in the game. It might have been third and 11, something like that. And they opted for like a, a quarterback run instead of uh, trying to pick up the first down. Because if you go for a quarterback run, you're basically saying, look, man, he ain't going to complete a pass. We don't trust him to throw. And like I said on Twitter, and like I've been saying, is how if Ryan Willis was in the game, we would have tried to we would have tried to pick up the first down. We wouldn't have went QB run. If it was a QB run, it would have been because the play broke down and Ryan Willis scrambled and tried to get what he could get. But the truth is, how could you have a quarterback who's more turnover prone? And this is not my opinion. This is the facts. I'm not making shit up. Or I'm not uh talking out my ass. How could you have a, a, a quarterback that's turnover prone and you trust him with the ball in his hands late in games, but with your two quarterbacks who aren't as turnover prone, you got them as glorified between the tackles running backs and, and late in the games. And it's it's crazy to me. And is that Brad Cornelson's fault or is that Fuente's fault? Because it seems like every time uh, Quincy Patterson and Hendon Hooker was in the game, they was basically the the – they was the short yard running backs while McLeese and King are the outside the numbers, outside the tackles running backs. And it's crazy to me because I feel like, you know, if you don't think they're the passers, they're not going to develop by not throwing. They're not going to develop their passing skills by running QB power all day. They're not going to develop their skills by running zone read and, just snap the ball and find a hole and try to get two yards. They're not going to develop like that. They're not going to develop running these uh jet options where they fake it and keep it. I say let them rip. Let it rip. Let it rip. So you, so. I don't know. I could go on all day. I, I still don't believe that play calling is the problem. I feel like the philosophy from the head coach is more so the problem than just play calling. Because like I said, you fire Brad tomorrow and we get a new OC for the bowl. Mind you, Brad Cornelson ain't going nowhere. And he's not getting fired. So I only, you know, but let's say, okay, let's play in dreamland. We fire the coach. We fire up Brad. And Fuente calls the plays himself for the bowl game. It's still going to be the same offense. So what's going to change? He's still going to run his QB about 15 times. He's still going uh, up the middle. He's still going to run jet sweeps. It's the same offense. So I don't understand the fuck Brad Cornelson faction of the fan base. Am I a fan of him? No. But I can recognize it's not his fault. I mean, it's the, it's the truth. I mean, it's, it's Fuente's offense. He's not hiring nobody to come in here and change his offense and install some new flash shit. So I think people need to get that through their head that what we are is a RPO offense that's based, you know, a lot of motion, a lot of, you know, jet sweeps, of course. That's just what we are. Um, And 
offensively, that's not a bad offense to run because with with it at full strength, and there's some times this year when, when Hendon Hooker, when he was running this offense, it looked unstoppable. When it's when don't get me wrong, when it's rolling, it's beautiful to watch when it's rolling. It's just uh it can get real predictable at times and it can get real um it can stagnate. And um some sometimes I guess when it gets predictable and the in the in the opposing defense kinda like stopping the sweeps and and we not really trying them, it can get frustrating for fans. But uh it's beautiful to watch when it's cooking. I cannot tell a lie. Uh, Hooker runs that offense to perfection when the defense ain't cracking them every time he uh, chooses to run the ball. But uh, I gotta give. I gotta give. I have to give props to, to UVA. They beat us. They beat us. We gonna hear about it for. We gonna hear about it forever. I ain't even. I was gonna say hear about it for a year, but. Like that's gonna stop them from talking shit if we beat them next year. That ain't stopping them. They gonna con- they this this right here is their this is the ACC championship. That was a ACC championship. They beat us, and they uh they beat us, and they won the coastal. That that you ain't gonna be able to tell a UVA fan shit until maybe. Two, three years down the road, they gonna mm-hmm. always come back to this game. That that this game was big for them. It's the first time they beat us in the uh, I was about to say four K TV era. Shit, it's the first time they beat us. The last time UVA had beat us, we was watching fat ass Magnavox TVs, just fat fat ass TVs. Uh, standard definition. We talking about. Big ass TVs with the VCR at the bottom of it, and the the V the the VCR DVD combo TVs was out. That's the last time they beat us. When when dudes was wearing big ass, when dudes was wearing fat ass, big ass Fubu jeans, baggy ass Fubu jeans, boot cuts. I'm talking dog. It was wild times. The last time they beat us, it was wild times, dog. Everybody was in the club getting tipsy. It was a wild time. So they they finally beat us this century. Uh, well, not this century, but they finally beat us this decade. Is I'm pretty sure they got amped up. So like I said, congrats. But guys, remember the days when you was always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on the full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is fast and the easy way to increase your performance. It's Christmas time, my boys. Listen up. It's Christmas time, right? It's going to be a lot of holiday parties, right? I, you know, Now, me, I can't use Blue Chew to go to a holiday party 
because I say about 80% of my coworkers are men. And the women that work in the company, they either booed up, married, you know, they work in the office. So I can't eat a blue chew and head to the holiday, to the company function. But to my fellas out there, listen, the holiday function coming up, you might have been, you might got your eye on something. You might got your work wife. Y'all going out to lunch, lunch dates together. You know, she out there going on lunch dates with you, despite the fact that she got a whole boyfriend at home. I'm not judging, you know, do your thing. But if you want to make sure after the holiday function, you can give her that boost. Give her what she need. Blue Chew. Dot com man most guys talk a good game blue chew helps you follow through blue chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package so no end doctor visit no waiting in the pharmacy best of all no more awkwardness they're made in the usa and since blue chew prepares and ships direct they're cheaper than the pharmacy right now i got a special for all my listeners visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use the um, promo code armchair, you just got to pay the shipping. The shipment is free, but you got to pay for the shipping. Had to make sure I can say that clearly. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code armchair to try for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. I thank them for sponsoring the podcast. It's Blue Chew, fellas. It's Christmas time. It's going, like I said, man. You don't want to be at the at the work function talking that shit. And then your dick on Frosty the Snowman mode when the heat is on. You feel me? Make sure you got to have your shit together, man. We living in the we living in the era nowadays where women are not afraid to go on Instagram and talk bad about your dick. Women ain't afraid to go on Twitter and say, so why I was at the office party? I leave with one of my coworkers, whatever, don't judge me. And he couldn't even, Dick was on Frosty the Snowman status. Dick looked like a chicken nugget. No, don't don't let it be you. Bluetooth.com, man. I'm going to talk some uh, all ACC team. I seen, I seen some Hokies up in arms about some of the selections. I'm not going to go through the entire teams. I'm going to just talk about what Hokies made it, should have made it, whatever, whatever. As far as uh, Hokies on the first team, all ACC team, we had Caleb Farley, who, like, I think I spoke on this last podcast that came out, the one, the one that I didn't fuck up. But uh, Caleb Farley turned into a straight beast lockdown corner. Um I think I seen a number where he had one of the lowest passer ratings. Like as far as opposing quarterbacks passer ratings, he had one of the best in the country as far as opposing QB's passer ratings when targeting his his direction. So if Caleb Farley was not all ACC first team, I want to know who the fuck is voting. And the one that got most Hokie fans up in arms or riled up a little bit was uh was uh the at the linebacker selections and Rayshard Ashby did not get first team linebacker even though he was ACC linebacker of the week five times Isaiah Tom Isaiah Simmons 
Chad Surratt, and Shaquille Quarterman from Miami all got it over Rashad Ashby. Those are three great players. I'm not about to sit up here and say I watch every uh, Clemson snap, every North Carolina snap, and every Miami snap. Shaq Quarterman, who might not have had his best season this year, which is kind of the point, he's one. Of the, he's probably going to be one of the greatest to ever have played at Miami because he played four years there, and um, I'm pretty sure he got some career records, and it, it, they probably gave it to him on some uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the lifetime achievement, all eight, like he, like okay, you've been all ACC this whole time. You've been a beast. Maybe you dipped off a little bit, but this is your lifetime achievement. First team all ACC. Chad Surratt is a beast. Um, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but from the North Carolina games I did watch, he did pop off the screen. Like he did make plays. Like I cannot sit up here and say definitively that Rayshard Ashby is better than Chad Surratt. Um, the numbers will have to determine that, and I don't have the numbers in front of me. But um, I'm not about to sit up here and argue about, you know, Chad Surratt over Rayshard Ashby or vice versa. They both are great players to me. And Isaiah Simmons is a great player. So could Ashby have gotten in first team? Yes. I mean, he, he damn sure definitely has a case. But um, the three players that did get it, like, it's not like this was so egregious that, oh, my God, like, what the fuck? Like, no, I mean, maybe he could have got in over Quarterman, but like I said, Quarterman had been doing it so long, they probably figured, all right, Ashby got, he got more time to try to get that first team nod. On the second team, we did have, uh, like I said, Rayshard Ashby. Um, is he was the only one? Yeah, Rayshard Ashby was the only representation we had for the second team. So, I mean, like I said, he'll be first team definitely next year. I can I can almost stamp that. If he keeps playing the way he's playing, he might get more than just uh <laughs> he might get more than just first team. He might get defensive player of the year or some shit. Now the third team, we had no representation on the third team. I'm looking at this as I record. I, I ain't wanna just uh remember shit i wanted to make sure i had my shit together <clears throat> we had nobody on the third team which is you know i'll say i thought i thought trey turner should have made the third team but not only did trey turner not make the third team he didn't even make honorable mention uh damon hazelton got honorable mention and he didn't even play like the first month so you know i'd rather had uh i think i think trey turner played well enough uh, to at least make the third team, but I don't make those decisions. Uh, Justin Ross and Amari Rogers from Clemson. Obviously, when you're playing with a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, not that they're not talented, but you know, they 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 blowing teams out, so their numbers probably look better. But as far as impact plays, Trey Turner made impact plays all football season, so it's it, you know. It is what it is. Also, uh, Christian Durasaw, the tackle from Virginia Tech. He, I thought he was an honorable mention, but I thought he should have made a team. Durasaw has been solid all year. But um, I'm looking at honorable mention defense. Gerard Hewitt, our defensive tackle. 
well deserved after a he had a he, his story is similar to Caleb Farley's where like in 2018 he struggled kind of got pushed around and 2019 up until like the UNC game he kind of was like struggling but after UNC and including that UNC game like I swear like the first quarter of the UNC game he was getting pushed around and then something just snapped in his head and he just became JJ Watt he just became fucking prime he became prime Bruce Smith I don't know it was unblockable starting with that UNC game and turned it around and low key became one of the better players of the defense especially on the defensive line and we're, and we're talking about a defensive line with a lot of young talent on it like the future's real bright for the uh, defensive line Virginia Tech but yeah shout out Gerard Hewitt and also shout out Jermaine Waller who also over the last month and a half stepped his game up and made play after play start i mean became like a hip pocket corner shutting shit down not not really the playmaker that Kayla Farley was as far as the INTs and not that he didn't catch INTs but it seemed like uh Kayla Farley just became like don't throw at him you do not throw at three but uh Jermaine Waller stuck next to his receiver all for the, like for the rest of the season on out. I can't even think of a time where he got burnt. Um, I'm of course I could be wrong, but I can't think of a time where he just got hold out there on the route. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure somebody somebody will uh let me know. And finally, last but not least, Oscar Bradburn was an honorable mention for punter. Oscar Bradburn was one of the best punters in the nation. I think uh America's attempt to 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 shit on Oscar Bradburn. And we thought he was going to win the Ray Guy Award and all this shit. Uh, but no, he was just honorable mention as a punter. It's crazy to me. Uh, I don't think it's right, but what can you do, man? Who police the police? You know how that shit go. But that was all the Virginia Tech players that's represented in the all, in the all ACC 2019. Before I get up out of here, I got two more quick topics I want to talk about. We got, obviously, Bud Foster coaches last game uh, versus UVA. We lost. Uh, we got it. We got a bowl game. And then that's it. No more Bud Foster. We got to move on. A lot of smoke. I'm going to say smoke. A lot of smoke been uh, in the hole. It's Barry Odom. Recently fired Missouri head coach Barry Odom. Is he going to be the new defensive coordinator? Obviously, Hammond Fuente goes back. Uh, Hammond Fuente goes back. They used to work together at Memphis. And Barry Odom took the job over at uh, Missouri after Gary Pinkle stepped down. I guess he couldn't deal. Memphis was about average. They wasn't terrible. They wasn't great. Memphis was about average. In the SEC, average in the SEC is better than good in the ACC. That's just my opinion. If you can be average, mind you, if you can be average in the SEC, going up against the LSUs, the Bamas, the Floridas, the Georgias, um, even, some mid even some of the mid-tier SEC teams, Got weapons, got 
NFL players on it. Let's be clear. Like, even a team like an Ole Miss can have NFL receivers on it. A team like Tennessee can have NFL players on it. So that's why I say average in the SEC is better than above average in the ACC. And that's just how I feel. I think if Missouri played the Coastal Champion, UVA, or Virginia Tech, had we won it, mind you, you're talking about a division champion versus a team that just fired their coach. That game would either be close as hell or we or the Coastal Champion could lose. Uh, so it's kind of level to the SEC. I wouldn't look at uh, Barry Odom's record and say, okay, he trash. You know what I'm saying? And his defense, specifically his defense, it ain't like his defense was just, you know, food, you know, in the SEC. So am I high on the move? I think it's I think it's always good if you got a, another former head coach in the room because if we can keep Jerry Kill and then you got Barry Odom and then you got Justin Fuente, you got three former or current head coaches in your room. So that's a lot of people that know about game preparation, you know, game prep, recruiting, uh, what it takes, guys that's been on the biggest level. These are power five coaches. D1 coaches, uh, I wouldn't cry about it. Obviously, most Virginia Tech fans want Tory and Gray to come back. Most That's what most of us want. But if Fuente went to hire his friend, I'm not going to cry about it because give him what he wants. If that's what he wants, if that's his guy and Barry Odom is really willing to do it, good. Give Fuente what he wants because to keep it a book, Bud Foster was kind of forced on him, on Justin Fuente. But he kind of had to, you know, in order for them to transition from Frank Beamer, they kind of had to make the transition, you know, good for the fans, and the fans needed to be happy because, you know, we, Virginia Tech, we're kind of like a family. It's kind of like family-based. We're not like a lot of schools where it's just, you know, you just get this motherfucker out of here. And, no, nah, you know, you got to kind of keep the fans happy, too. It ain't just straight football or Virginia Tech. So, get him what he want. If Barry Odom is this guy and, and they got a, a working relationship, and if Barry Odom can keep his, you know, keep his dick out of people's wives while he on recruiting trips, hey, I'm with it. Um, I'm not going to pour a $2 champagne on myself if they hire Barry Odom because, uh, I prefer Tory and Gray, but if that's what's going to make Fuente happy and another person that's, that knows Fuente and they can vibe and mesh, and I ain't going to cry about it. And if it flops, they all can get the fuck on. That's the beauty of it. Like, I don't got to feel like, oh, man, but what if Fuente had a guy that he liked or a guy he wanted? No, you had your staff. These was your crew, and y'all flopped. So get the fuck on. That's me, though. Uh, so, as of, as of right now, uh, Barry Odom is is still just smoking fire. People watching flight, you know how you know how it goes in college football. People get to watching flights and tracking jets and a plane left Sheep Dick, Missouri, and landed in Roanoke. You know how that shit goes. Uh, you know, there's a jet 
going from Roanoke, Virginia, is going out to fucking Corn Dick, Missouri. It might be Fuente or, you know, how that shit go. Last but not least, bold projections. Um, I've seen a lot of bold projections with us going to... I've seen some bold projections with us going to the, the Music City Bowl. I think that's in Nashville. They had us facing off against, like, Kentucky. I've seen other bold projections with us playing in the Belk Bowl against opponents. Same thing. It was, like, Kentucky again. Or uh, I seen one against UAB. I seen us. I seen a projection with us in the New Era Pinstripe Bowl, which is in New York City, against like Michigan State. All if we played Michigan State in a bowl, that would be a fun matchup. It'd be a hard hitting physical game, but uh, it's a game we could lose. If we play Kentucky, I ain't about to sit up here and act like I watched any one snap of Kentucky, but um. That would be a fun ACC versus SEC matchup. The one matchup I don't want, but I think Justin Fuente needs is the UAB one in Charlotte because it'll be a it we'll have more fans there in Charlotte. Uh, we we definitely if anybody got an ounce of fucking balls would think that we can beat UAB, right? You would think that these people believe. You would think Virginia Tech believes they could beat UAB in a bowl game. Not, not nothing like overconfidence, but just we can beat these guys. All we got to do, prepare, play smart, play hard, all that shit. I think Fuente needs that one. I think Fuente needs to win a bowl game. Not that he's never won a bowl game. He won the belt bowl. Don't even try to, well, actually me. But I think that, uh, I think Fuente needs this ninth win. I think he needs positive momentum going into 2020. I've seen a lot of people say, oh, Fuente needs, uh, 2020 is a make or break year for Fuente. Save the fucking takes. Because 2019 was a make or break year for the cat, and he, kind of, he underperformed. I'll say it. He underachieved. He underperformed. He did not win the Coastal Division. So save the 2020s make or break. If, if he goes to a bowl game, Nobody's gonna ride, cause that's all. That's that's the that's the big uh, that's the last streak we got left. Winning seasons is dead, cause we had a losing season last year, six and seven. UVA streak dead. Uh, we lost to them this year. So I think the final streak, the bowl streak, is. I think if we keep that going, it's a it'll be enough people telling us to shut the fuck up and get excited for twenty twenty one. And that's just the that's just the reality of the situation. If we were to go out there in 2020 and be mid or average, I don't think enough people would kick up a stink as long as the bowl season, the bowl streak was intact. So everybody's saying 2020, we're gonna find out who Fuente is. Motherfucker, 2019, we found out what he was. And that's what an experienced roster. And a high school schedule. So forgive me if um I don't believe you when you say we gonna find out about Fuente in 2020, because we found out about him in 2019. Um I I thought he was gonna win 10 11 games. And we won eight. 
So I think Fuente needs this ninth win. So if we go to Charlotte, the Belk Bowl, get UAB, beat the shit out of uh UAB, hooray, and let's get ready for 2020, man. That's it for Don V Fridays. I went a little longer than expected, but I had a lot of topics, a lot of shit to talk about. But uh, I will see y'all probably next week. There probably there'll probably be stuff to talk about. There, if there's stuff to talk about, I'll be on. But uh, yeah, man, regular season is over. Regular season is over, man. Hokies win eight games, eight and four. Uh, whether I'm back next week or the week after next, I will be back. So until then, God bless. <laughs>